Christmas! We're so thankful that you're joining us online today. It's incredible that we get to worship together as a church in our homes all across the U.S. and the world. As we gather together for this last Sunday of 2022, we can't help but think of all that God has done this year. And we know that even greater things are coming in 2023. Next Sunday is the first day of the new year, so we'll gather for one service at each campus. You can join us in Evans at 10.30 or at our Sherwood campus at 11 a.m. If you call Journey home, we want to say a special thank you for supporting the vision of Journey to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. As always, you can give anytime, anywhere by texting JOURNEYCC to 77977 or by visiting our website at journeycommunity.net. Well, Merry Christmas. Like uh, Justin was saying a minute ago, thanks for welcoming us into your houses, into your cars if you're traveling today. But it's Christmas Day, and we want to say from Journey, Merry Christmas. And let me say it this way, too. Congratulations, because you made it. Because I'm telling you what, this Christmas season was one of the busiest Christmas seasons I've ever been a part of, between parades and pageants and parties and doing all the things. So congratulations. Take a big, deep breath right now like you've made it. Now, here's the deal, because I'm going to say something crazy in a minute, and I'm going to say, what if Christmas was 12 months out of the year? Not just a couple days, and I know some of you want to throw things right now. Some of the staff, you want to throw things. If you're watching on TV, you want to throw, I'm not talking about all the parties and the pageantry and all that kind of stuff and the shopping and how we've made it a marketing strategy in our world. I'm talking about the essence of Christmas. If we made the essence of Christmas giving, generosity, we made that the center thing, the center focus of everything we're doing. And it's not by chance, from November to about December, we're some of the most generous people in the world. I mean, I'm telling you, every time I go by Walmart or a store, Target, and I hear the jingling bell, you know what, I just feel like I I need to do it. And, and, And here's the deal, maybe we would do it in July if they were ringing the bell in July, but they don't. So in this time of season, this time of year, we almost practice just by the, the time of the season, we practice generosity. That's what I'm talking about. What if we did that 12 months out of the year? How would it look? How would it look if we showed Christmas compassion and generosity and cheer all year long? Would the world be a better place? And the answer, without a shadow of doubt, is yes. There's a story that uh, usually is read as part of the package, the Christmas package. And if you've been in church work, work any length of time, you know what the Christmas package is. You start out with Mary, you go to Joseph, and then you go to the shepherds, and then you do the barn, then you do the innkeeper, and then all of a sudden you hit the magi, the wise men. A lot of people don't know that's really not part of the Christmas package. It's actually days later, it's 12. Some people say as many as 30 days later, the wise men came. And that's why I say when we look at that story, we look at a story that, that didn't just kind of assess the Christmas season and go, we're just going to do it here. It was months, maybe, maybe, maybe just weeks later, that they were still celebrating the birth of the Savior. And the fact is, that long holy night was not that peaceful, was it? That, that, that long holy night was kind of crazy. And a story from visitors that show up 12 days later, the story teaches us about a basic principle of generosity and giving. If you have a Bible, you can open up. If not, it's going to be on, on your screen. But it's, it's found in Matthew chapter 2. It's a story that we've probably read before, but let's just look at a couple different sections. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, verse 1 of chapter 2 of Matthew, during the reign of King Herod. About that uh, same time, or about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where's the newborn king, the king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. We have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, 
as it was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers and the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is where the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, the land of Judah, and not just the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, and you'll be the shepherd for many people of Israel. And King Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He learned from them uh, that the time uh, when the star was first appeared, it says they told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him. We know that that's not true. He was wanting to kill Jesus. And so after this interview with the wise men, went, they went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to the, uh, Bethlehem. And it was ahead of them and it stopped over the place where Jesus was. It says this, when the star, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And if you just really want to key on verse 11, they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream, in a dream not to return to Herob or the way that they came. In that story, I see a couple things about generosity, and we can actually apply to our lives 12 months out of the year. And the very first thing, if we can kind of get this as a church, if we can kind of get this as, as a staff, as, you know, as a, uh, we, we function in our communities, try to give more than you expect to receive. So many times we're looking for exactly the, 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 a return on our investment. Here's my gift, and this is my investment I get. And that's not what we see here. Is they entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. I love this. And then they opened their treasure chest. How many people have ever been to a gift exchange? You ever been to a gift exchange? We just did one in one of our parties. And a lot of times what happens at a gift exchange, uh, if it's a white elephant, you, you come and you're hoping because you've probably picked out a really good gift, and you're hoping you get something of equal value or at least maybe a little bit a little bit lower, or, man, if you really cash in on this, it's the high value, right? That's not how they came in. They didn't come into Jesus' presence thinking it was a gift exchange. They were not thinking that they were going to get something in return. They literally realized who Jesus was. They opened their treasure chest, the very best that they had. They were visiting a child that never could repay anything at that point. It was a poor family they were coming to. The possibilities of reciprocation, they, were, they didn't exist and the wise men, honestly, they didn't care. They weren't there to get something in return. They came to give, not receive. A friend of mine was telling me this just this past week that he did his family gift exchange, and his sister, uh, who is very well off, uh, gave him an amazing present. And it's an amazing present if you like the Atlanta Falcons. If you don't like them, it's not that amazing of a present. But he gave him home tickets for all the season game, or all the games to the Atlanta Falcons. That's a pretty big one. The problem was he gave her like potholders and he felt guilty. And he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up for it. I'm gonna make sure. And his sister said this, and it was one of the most amazing things. I didn't give to you these tickets with the idea that I was getting something back. I give these, these tickets to you because I love you and I care about you. And I want you to show how much I appreciate you. Giving with nothing in return. My goal, my goal personally in giving, our goal as a family in giving has always been to give more than I realize that I'm gonna get back. Um, Gift exchange, I have a friend of mine that was telling me about their gift exchange. It was the most awkward conversation because what they do is they all bring a $20 bill. Everybody brings a $20 bill and they, they turn to the right and they give that $20 bill to the right and they turn and go to the left and then maybe they go across the way. And, and, and the whole idea is you're gonna get exactly what you put into it, exactly $20. That's not giving. 
That's not giving. That's, we, we give freely and generously. Why do we do it as believers? Because we were given freely and generously. This is what Scripture says, John three sixteen. We know the passage. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, that so everyone, everyone, every person who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. One of my favorite passages, 1 John 4, 9. It says, we love each other because he first loved us. I love you because he loves me. I love everybody in this world, even the people that I don't get along with sometimes, because he loved me first. So in our lives, 12 months out of the year, let's, let's give without the idea that we need to get something back. There's another truth in this passage that every time I read it, I think about. We should always give out of love, not out of obligation. And so many times we feel like we're obligated to give, like I have to give something. One of the things I love about our church is that we never guilt anybody into giving. We don't have that little thermometer up there and we say this is how much went or this is the building project we're working on. We, we give because God freely gave to us. And without an obligation, we just do it. It says they entered the house and they saw the child was with, with, with his mother Mary. Watch this. And they bowed down and worshiped him. I love that part. They bowed down and worshiped Jesus. They bowed down and worshiped because they realized they were in the presence of greatness. And it wasn't, it wasn't out of an obligation. It wasn't like a religious. It was because they loved what they, were, what they were part of, what they saw. Have you ever received a gift from someone and you got the impression that the gift uh, was given more out of duty than out of a real love or care? Did that gift have any value? Nope. That gift had, I remember several of them, that gift had no value. The Bible teaches us to give out of love. Second Corinthians says it like this, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response for God's love God loves a person who gives, I love this, cheerfully, cheerfully. I have a friend of mine that, that um, he hasn't talked to his dad in probably 15 or 20 years. And he said, you know, I said, what's going on? He goes like, we just don't have conversations. We don't do anything. I said, well, how's Christmas? Because you go, you, you're with him at Christmas. And he goes, every Christmas I buy him a gift. And I was like, why do you buy him a gift? Like, you don't even talk to him, you know, 11 and a half, 11 months out of the year, but you give him a gift. And he said, it's out of obligation. We do it because everybody else is doing it. And I said to him, because you know how my filter works, I just said, you know, maybe this year you give a different gift. Maybe it's not a monetary gift. Maybe it's not something you bought at Old Navy or wherever you buy your gifts or Cabela's. Maybe this year you offer reconciliation as your gift. Maybe this year you offer forgiveness as your gift. Maybe that would be a gift that would have no reciprocity. Like you're not doing it out of obligation. You're doing it because you literally love that person. It's as simple as this. If your gift isn't motivated by love, it doesn't matter what the gift costs. I used to say this all the time. You can't say the word love and not use the word sacrifice in the same sentence. And we look at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sent to this world because he loved us. But it wasn't until the sacrifice, 33 years later, that all that came together. He did that out of love. He did it for us. The wise men's gifts were special, not because they were valuable, but because they were given with a heart full of love. Third thing is this, and this is probably the most, just like we need to let this resonate 12 months out of the year. And it's this, give gifts that tell people what they're worth. Give a gift that tells people what they're worth. Listen to this last part of this. They entered the house, okay, and they saw the child was with Mother Mary, and they bowed down, they worshiped, and then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we're going, like, that's weird, like, maybe a baby doll. You know, maybe maybe a truck or a Tonka or whatever, but gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
But see, they realized who they were coming to see. They realized because gold was a sign of royalty. Gold was a sign that something that you gave to somebody was very, very important. And, and, and when they start talking about the sense that they gave, and, and, and it was literally given to the priest, the high priest. So they would give it when they would walk into the, 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 the sanctuary or the tabernacle or the temple. That, that's what the priest would carry in. He would carry in this, this frankincense, this sense. And myrrh was an embalming fluid. It was something that was given to people that were dead. They would cover the body up with it. Now, foreshadowing 2,000 years, man, did they know this? Probably, but they were literally with their gifts showing Jesus how much he was worth. They were saying, first of all, he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He was saying that he was the high, the high priest, higher above everything. And when Hebrew says we have a priest that understands what we're going through, they were literally saying, listen, you are our high priest. And then they were saying, you're the lamb of God who takes, takes away the sins of the world. Because of that, gold, frankincense, and myrrh made perfect sense. They were giving it because they realized who he was. He was the king of kings. You know what else it was? It was an act of worship. We talk about worship. I love to worship. We worship around this church. Why do we sometimes not worship but two times a year, Easter and Christmas? What, what if we worshiped as a sign of our generosity back to the Father for what he's 12 months out of the year, every day of our lives? What would it look like in our lives? I heard... Um, Something ridiculous as we're talking about this, giving something, you know, and showing worth. Um, the state of California, and it doesn't surprise me, it's the state of California. They decided that they were going to go to the homeless people in their cities. And so all the areas in California, they went and they gave them shopping carts because they realized that their shopping carts were getting rusty. And I was thinking to myself, they could have done a thousand other things with that money. They could have gotten them help for maybe an addiction problem or maybe PTSD. They could have, you know, maybe put them up for the night, maybe some health care. But no, they gave them shopping carts because their shopping carts were rusted up. And you know what I thought? And maybe it's just me. Maybe my mind thinks a little bit different. And you know what I was thinking? What they were telling them was you're always going to be homeless. So here's another shopping cart. They were not saying, hey, you are, you are valued as a human being. And I think in our society, somehow or another, as a church, as a church, as we lead our areas of ministry, as we walk through life as a church, as individuals, we need to look for ways to give gifts that affirm the value of people around us, that really say, you are worth something. Not just, to, not, we say it all the time, you're worth something to God, but you're worth something to me also. That's what, the, that's what the wise men did. We shouldn't give with the attitude that says, I'm giving this gift because I'm generous. We, we should give with the attitude that says, I'm giving this gift because you're, you're worth something. I, I heard a story this past week, and it's about um, a lady by the name of Abigail Sellers. And Abigail's mother was killed in a, a car accident. She had a permanent brain, brain injury and ended up dying. She had four other siblings. And so she went to foster care, foster care, foster care, um, and it was just an abusive situation everywhere she went. And I know that's not the way all foster care is, but, but in this situation, she was in two different homes. And as a matter of fact, two of the fathers were arrested for abuse of the kids. Finally, this family um, just lovingly um, grabbed these kids out of foster care, and they adopted them, and all five, and raised them as they were their were own. So they put uh, Abigail, she wanted to go to Bible college. She wanted to be a youth pastor. She wanted to tell people about Jesus and, and, and you know, raise a new generation, and she had this real passion to do that. So she starts going to this Bible college, and as she's going to this Bible college, she gets about two years into it, and her mom and dad realize that they can't pay for it anymore. And so she stops going to Bible college with the idea that she's going to work and raise enough money to come back to go to Bible college. 
And so she goes to work, of course, where everybody goes to work is Cracker Barrel. And so she went to Cracker Barrel. And so she, as she's at Cracker Barrel, these two guys came in, and they, and, and they said to the hostess at the stand, they said, we want, we want you to give us the grumpiest, the grumpiest person that you have to serve us today. And the person at the stand says, we have no grumpy people at Cracker Barrel. And I will say, yes, they do. <laughs> I've met one or two. But they said, we're going to give you the happiest person, the happiest person that we have. And so Abigail Sailors is the one that they send over there, and they're kind of small talk, and after a while, she starts sharing her story, and sharing her story about her, her father and her mother and the abuse and all the, you know, house to house and all that kind of stuff. And the guy says, well, how are you doing? She goes, I'm good. I'm good. God's been good to me. Like, like God's been very, very good to me, and I'm, this is only temporary, and I'm telling you, everything's great. And, and that's not the attitude that we have a lot of times when life comes against us, is it? But everything's great. Well, they get to the end of the meal, and um, they, they ask for the check. And so they're looking at the check and, and uh, says, you take it. He said, no, you got to pay up there. And he said, okay. And so one of the guys says, but I got something for you. And one of the guys, she didn't know it, but graduated from the same Bible college that she was going to or wanted to go back to. And the guy wrote a check for $10,000 and said, you make something out of your life. I see value in you. So here's the $10,000. This is for your school. And then turned around and wrote a check for $2,000 and said, this is for anything you need, supplies, you know, whatever you need to get transportation back and forth. And then after he paid, left her a $1,000 tip because he saw value. And you know what makes me think about? Jesus saw value. He saw value in every one of us. Everybody that's watching online right now, Jesus sees value in you. He saw so much value that he sent his son at Christmas time. And he knew that 33, year, 33 years later, he was going to die on a cross, that he was going to have the son. When, when, when Mary says she pondered in her heart, I think she knew exactly what was going to happen. But great value. And because of that, we should be generous. Not just from Thanksgiving to Christmas, but 12 months out of the year. How would that change our lives? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in this moment, I'm taking this as a real challenge today. That I just don't want to show my appreciation for people around me and especially the appreciation for you just a few weeks out of the year. I want to show it all year long. Allow me to model after these wise men, these magi that brought their treasure chest. They opened their treasure. They gave their very best with nothing, no expectation of nothing in return. God, that they bowed down and they worshiped you, that I would be that person, that I would bow down and worship you daily. And that, God, my giving would be motivated by the value that you see and the value that I see in people around me. Let us do this Christmas thing, not just a few weeks out of the year, but every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you're ready to take a next step or if you need prayer, email us at nextsteps@journeycommunity.net. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.